to Hillcrest Church Audio. We hope today's message will help you grow. Thanks, Christian. How you doing? Good day. My name is Tim. I'm on the teaching team uh, here at Hillcrest. I want to say welcome to you. Um, so, uh, Happy New Year, uh, 2021. And uh, I was thinking about how uh, my 2020 ended. This Picture this. My uh, 2020 ended with me in a cold, dark, wet basement all by myself crying, which is pretty much the most 2020 way to end 2020. So before you feel sorry for me, let me tell you the story. So um, uh, Christy and I have this tradition where every year we each take some time uh, on our own and reflect it away with our journal and think about the year that's been uh, the year that's to come, what are our hopes, and then we get together, we spend part of a day just talking through it, and, and things that have happened, and, and what, are, what things do we want to hope to do together and as a family in the next year, and it's always a really good time. Well, um, it, it was between Christmas and New Year's, and it, and it was my turn to get my kind of reflection time, and so I got my journal, I got my Bible, and, um, and, I, and then I was like, where am I going to go? I mean, normally I'd go to a coffee shop or go to the ferry terminal and sit and just spend some time in one of those places. But I was like, where am I going to go? So um, my, my house, if you caught the, our Christmas Eve service on Zoom, you would get a, a sense for my house is not a place of great repose <laughs> and quietude. So uh, I go down in our basement, which is unfinished basement, um, it's it's uh, wet. It's you know Bellingham winter is invading my basement. And there's like water and sawdust mixed together all over the floor. And I go down next to the workbench and pull up a camp chair and space heater. And you know there's a woodworking project half finished there. And and get all oh and by the way, um, I I kind of didn't want my kids to find me down there because um, I wanted some solitude. And so I turned the lights off in the basement. I just had a work light shining on me, and I just sat down there with my journal. I was reading over this year that has been, reading my journal, and um, reading about my parents having COVID, and the lockdown, and the racial protests, and um, Christy going to the ER, and, and canceling vacations, and Stevie's accident, and, and another thing, and another thing, and another thing, and I just uh, found myself crying in a dark, wet, cold basement, all by myself, to end 2020. And, uh, I mean, it was just, I just found the fatigue, the exhaustion of the year kind of all hitting me over again. And maybe just to begin today, I just want to ask, what's your basement moment When has the weight and the, the exhaustion of the past year hit you? 
I don't pretend, like I know that I, I'm not, that my year was the hardest. I know there are plenty of people that had more difficult years, more tiring years than I did. And I know too that for some folks, um, actually, and maybe this is like a quiet secret, uh, things were, their home and work life were actually better in 2020. And that's okay too. But I think for a lot of people, um, it was a very tiring year. You know, um, Christian and I were, were talking about how to begin uh, 2021, you know, teaching-wise, what would be good for our community. And we landed on this idea of talking about work and rest, that we thought it would be really helpful to spend some time exploring these things. The reality is our work and rest has been thrown in a blender, whoever you are, this past year. And I don't even just, I mean, all kinds, I mean, if maybe you're a student and your work is going to school and now probably that is way different. It's on Zoom and it's digital. Maybe you're a stay-at-home parent. I'm sure that has changed for you. Kids home, all that, whether it's public or private or homeschooling, that is different. Maybe you're, um, you're, maybe you have to wear a mask and a face shield all the time to work now. Maybe you're working from home on Zoom. Um, the, like our work is different. Things have changed. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe your pay has been cut. Things have changed. And it's true for work and it's true for our rest as well. Because I think, I think a lot of us have experienced there's this, um, this, this meshing where, where the boundaries become and work and home, work and rest get totally blurred and it really affects our ability to rest. If you have to work from home or you're doing all your school from home or you're doing a lot more on your phone and so work kind of follows you everywhere, when those aren't separated, it's like you're never off. You're never resting. And let alone the anxiety that a lot of us carry. But rest and work, they've just been messed with. And um, we, as followers of Jesus believe that central to the Jesus movement is coming in line with reality. That God has certain things woven in the fabric of reality about how God desires work and rest to function in our lives. And these are things that we, we feel like we are called to come in line with. And we want to look at scripture over the coming weeks and just what does it mean for us to bring our work and rest in alignment with God's working and God's resting. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. And in fact, to begin today, I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to, we're going to be in Genesis 1. Um, It should be about on page 1 of your Bible. And we're going to, we'll pick up in verse uh, 3 here. This is Genesis 1, of course, the God creating the cosmos. Um, It's describing God as doing this through these different days. And we're going to pick up in verse 3 to see how that works. Uh, so Genesis 1, 3, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. So here we are, the beginning of creation. I, you know, one of the, God creates light and it separates boundaries, light and darkness, sets apart the working hours and the resting hours and puts a line between them. And then, did you catch 
the last sentence. This is something we've talked about here at Hillcrest before, but I always find it so fascinating. The way this first day is described, it says there was evening and then there was morning. The first day. That in the biblical worldview, in the, in the Hebraic worldview, in the, in the way Jesus thought about time as he walked the earth, a day began with sundown. A day began with unwinding. A day began with slowing down and turning off lights. A day began by saying goodnight and crawling into bed. A day began by falling asleep and trusting the world was going to continue to turn and the sun would rise and the seeds would be growing and that God's got it under control. And it's this whole, this, it's this mindset, it's a whole different way of seeing the world, that, it, that life doesn't begin with me compulsively getting everything done and then collapsing at the end of the day, but life begins in this place of rest, that God's got it. And that, that biblically, we wouldn't say we are called to rest from our work, you know, exhaustion, fall down at the end of the day. Biblically, we're not called to rest from our work, we are called to work from our rest, that our work would flow from a prior restfulness. Uh, you know, even as um, we uh, were talking about the series, Christian and I, you know, we asked, so we were saying, hey, let's do this series on work and rest. And, um, and then we had this moment where we stopped. And then we said, no, we shouldn't call it work and rest. That's not, we should call it rest and work, because that's what God is calling us to. That our, our working, our creating, our building, our shaping, our leading would flow out of this deep prior restfulness. This, uh, this idea, this posture that, life, that, that our life begins in rest, it's kind of undergirded by this deep theological vision in the beginning of Genesis. And I want to um, invite you to flip the page over to Genesis chapter 2 and just unpack this idea a little bit more. So um, throughout the rest of Genesis 1, God, God continues the creation of the cosmos, the sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, the dry land, the, the sea, the land creatures, humans in his image. And then we come um, to the seventh day in Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, and read along with me here. We read thus... The heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So we come to this, this, this kind of culmination of creation, and we're told that God rests. And I think you have to, I mean, if you're thinking about it, you gotta ask, like, what is that about? Did God wear himself out? God needed a break? We, 
to understand what's going on here, uh, we, we have to remember that Genesis 1 and 2, the whole Bible, in fact, is, is, it's written for us, but it's not written to us. It's written to people in the ancient Near East and speaking in ways that people in the ancient Near East would understand. And um, as you read through Genesis 1 and 2, from, um, and an and, and ancient Near Eastern person would have understood what's being described here is the creation of God's temple palace. That the cosmos is the temple palace of the creator God. And that in the same way that if a, when a king makes a palace or a God makes a temple, what's the last thing that happens? What's the final act? The final act would be that the king comes in, sits on his throne, takes up his residence, moves in, and begins governing. And so the seventh day, this, this, this image, the ancient Near Eastern people would have understood that God has created, he's completed his temple palace, and he is now resting on his throne. He's ceasing from the work of creating, but it's not that God ceases to do anything. Now he is leading and governing and guiding the entire cosmos. And there's something about that that... that um, it's not that we, we read this, this aspect in Genesis 2, and it's not, hey, we're not meant to say, hey, God got a day off, I should too. We're meant to say, God has made it all, it is a gift in our lives, and now he is sitting on the throne, governing it all. I can trust in him. That our, our rest flows out of our trust, in God's rulership of the cosmos. John Walton um, has a book, The Lost World of Genesis 1, and um, he says it uh, this way. I think we have this quote. He says, um, God is not asking us to imitate his Sabbath rest by taking the functional controls. I would suggest that instead, he is asking us to recognize that he is at the controls, not us. When we rest on the Sabbath, we have a day of rest in our lives, we recognize him as the author of order and the one who brings rest to our lives and world. We take our hands off the controls of our lives and acknowledge him as the one who is in control. Sabbath is for recognizing that it is God who provides for us and is the master of our lives and our world. Rest is about trust. Our rest flows from God's rest on the throne of the cosmos. But that presses on me a, 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 a piercing question because it, I find myself asking are there ways that my lack of rest at times is actually an expression of lack of trust? And I don't think it's always this, but I do wonder if there's more times than I often admit that my lack of rest is actually about this deeper failure of trusting. 
I think this can show up in all different ways. Abraham Heschel says that even thinking about work on the Sabbath is working. A refusal to lay it down and trust it to God. And I wonder about um, compulsive email responding or refusal to say no to the right things and how these things might actually be, be areas of sin that must be repented of. And, I, and, and if you hear that uh, repentance language in your, and that sounds harsh, we have to remember what repentance is even in the first place. I mean, remember the, 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 Jesus' great story of repentance, the prodigal son. Repentance is recognizing that the pig slop we earn for ourselves is not worth it. It's leaving that behind for the free gift, the feast the Father desires to give to us. And I just wonder, are there places that I have just, I'm trying to hold on to things and it's just pig slop and I need to just set it down for the gift, the feast of rest that God wants to give to me. And I wonder if there's places in your life that might be true as well. You know, when I pull this picture of, of Genesis 1 and 2 uh, together and what it's saying about rest, I, get the, I just get this picture that God's saying our lives are meant to begin in rest. They're meant to culminate in rest. We are meant to trust in God as king of the world and be blessed in that. And I even love that part of that, that where it said God blesses the seventh day. There's this sense that the seven, this, that a day of rest to just say, God, I trust you. It's like a doorway into blessing. That God is saying there's, kind, there's a kind of flourishing and joy and thriving. That if you just come and trust in me and rest and set it down, I desire to bless you with this, in fact, you might even say this flourishing, this blessing that God desires to give is the very reason our universe exists at all. When I was down in that basement um, and uh, cold and <laughs> crying, um, I sense uh, I sense God saying just an invitation to me into a season of rest. That this coming winter and spring, that there would be places of rest in my life that there hadn't been previously. And I wonder, I wonder for you as you start this year, what is God's invitation of rest to you? What is the feast? the Father wants to invite you to. I want you just to imagine for a moment. I mean, imagine, you can even close your eyes if that's helpful to you. But just imagine what it would feel like to live um, where you're deeply grounded, that your life begins in rest. And that uh, your life is made to aim at rest, that you, a deep trust Day after day, week after week, that God's got it, that he's in control, that he's watching over you, uh, a, a sense, an inner sense, you can lay down a sense of the boundaries and rhythms of life that you need to experience that blessing he has for you. Imagine what that would feel like. 
What might God's invitation of rest to you be? You know, um, when I think about what I want to, I hope every person walks away uh, today. I just, I hope you would hear this, that I believe uh, that kind of rest, that soul rest, that connection, blessing to God is what you were made for. We are not made to carry a ball of anxiety with us, trying to do everything, feeling like it's our job to boil the whole ocean by Friday. We're not meant to live that way. We're meant to have these rhythms of rest that are all born out of a deep trust that our life begins and ends in rest. We trust God. And that doesn't mean that there's not fatigue. There's some of the fatigue. It's not some of the fatigue. It's just life. It's just the pain and difficulty of life. Jesus fell asleep on the boat. Some of it just is life. And it doesn't mean we don't work either. And and we'll hear next week as Christian talks about the work that God has for us. But there's just, when we live in this deep restfulness, this deep trust, it changes. It changes how we carry the difficulty, the pain. It changes even how we work and build and lead and learn. It's reframed when it begins and ends in rest. And I'd want you to know this. There are rest, it's at the fundamentally core level. It is not something you have to earn. And that's the whole point. The rest God desires to give you is a gift. We rest because God finished his work and now he's on the throne. It's so fascinating too. We see this echo in the New Testament that at the end of the book of John, it says Jesus on the cross says it is finished. Jesus has finished his work and then he is resurrected and ascends and he is on the throne. The finished work in creation and redemption are free gifts and we can just rest. God's got it. We can receive that from him and just trust in it and receive the good, flourishing blessing that God has for us in that. The day after my day in the basement, Christy and I got together. We went for a walk. We talked about the year that's been. We got some Avenue bread and had lunch together. We talked about what we might do in the next year. I got together with my kids and we played Nintendo Wii Mario World and we just laughed our heads off. Went out on the deck and grilled and then we had a candlelight steak taco dinner. And we rested and we laughed and we prayed and we trusted And we were blessed. May we all rest and be blessed this year. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, I just pray for my uh, my friends in uh, Hillcrest Church right now and Lord God, um, you know us. You know how some of us come into this year excited um, 
and that this is almost a, a, you know, a word that we'll need to be reminded of um, in months to come. And Lord, you know um, that some of us come into this year with our souls very, very tired. And Lord, I just pray uh, for every person in our church, every person listening, even people who are with us for the first time, but even people who don't know what they think about you, Jesus. I would pray that you would speak your good news of rest, not just um, recreation, but this blessing rest into our particular lives even right now. And I pray this in your good name. Amen. Thanks for connecting with Hillcrest Church. For more info on this and other sermons, visit us online at hcbellingham.com or join us at 9 or 11 a.m. any Sunday morning, 1400 Larrabee Ave, Bellingham, Washington.